Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This week on Viewpoints. There are 19 million Americans who have a felony conviction, a huge barrier to employment and full participation in society. The difficult task of starting over and finding work after serving time. Then... There's a lot of things that can happen in January <laughs> that can get us down, and it's really helpful to kind of honor it, recognize it, and prepare ourselves for it. When the winter blues turn into something more, I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Research shows that people remember radio ads with lots of sound effects. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here are some zany sounds. Saving on home insurance is no laughing matter. Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. The money you save could change your life. It's time for you to take your insurance choice seriously. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. This whole wall needs to be shelving, too. This is a focal point in our restaurant. Leilani's new restaurant will have the largest wine cellar in the city. She needs a robust sommelier with notes of procurement manager. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Across the country, there are around 1.8 million people behind bars in federal, state, and locally run prisons and jails. This is according to a late 2020 report from the Bureau of Justice Statistics. While this number has been steadily decreasing over the last decade, the U.S. still has the largest imprisoned population in the world. With so many Americans serving time, what kind of life awaits on the other side? How hard is it to find a job, secure housing, or afford health care? Acquiring these basic necessities can be a shockingly difficult process. On top of this, many people leave prison with some amount of unpaid debt as well. Court costs and fines and fees are charged to people at the time of their case and follow them around. So in some states, there are deductions taken out of their already meager pay both for restitution, but also to cover court fees and fines. And so your average prisoner leaves prison thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars in debt. Other financial obligations like childcare don't stop while you're incarcerated. And so those just accumulate and you come out with years and years of arrears on childcare payments and other financial obligations. That's Beth Schwartzopfel, a staff writer at The Marshall Project, a nonprofit media outlet covering criminal justice issues. You start out in this really big hole. That's the first thing. And then you come out with a felony conviction, which makes it incredibly difficult 
to get a job. Studies have shown that when you start with a felony conviction and then you layer race on top of it, Black men with a felony conviction got the lowest callback rates of any group in a kind of seminal study of people who are applying for entry-level jobs. So the deck is really stacked against people. Without steady employment or access to education or training, it can be all too easy to slide back into incarceration. In a study published in September 2021, the Bureau of Justice Statistics looked at the rates of recidivism over a 10-year span between 2008 and 2018 across 24 states. Essentially, recidivism is when previously convicted criminals get rearrested and re-enter the prison system. The report found that within three years, about two-thirds of former prisoners were arrested again. Within 10 years, this number jumped to 82%. Sadly, about 61% of prisoners released in 2008 were back in prison within 10 years. For millions, the criminal justice system is merely a revolving door. Clearly, something needs to change. Schwarzoffel says that one issue is the current state of work and education offerings in prison. Prisons pay prison workers little or nothing for their work. So it's often prisoners who are doing the work of keeping the prison running, doing the laundry, you know, mopping the floors, filing papers, mowing the lawn, pretty much anything that has to happen besides for security to keep the prison going, prisoners are doing. And yet they're paid in a couple of states, zero dollars, and in most other states, pennies on the hour. A hourly wage for a prisoner is between 14 and 63 cents an hour, according to Prison Policy Initiative. And the way that prisons sort of justify that is to say, well, it's real world experience, right? They're learning to work and they'll be released with whatever it is they did at the prison on their resume. But what kind of future work is this setting them up for? Are they really an asset to the current labor market with this kind of experience? There's been a lot of talk around the importance of rehabilitation in prison. Well, one aspect of this is helping prisoners gain access to long-term meaningful employment. Set them up with job training in a field where there's demand, right? And where there's a clear path to get out and pursue that work. I think training people to work in factories you know, is all well and good. At least they're doing something productive. But man, like that sets you up to get out and have nothing to do. Like, do you know any factories that are operating in your town? I don't, you know, I don't live in the Midwest or the Rust Belt, but still it makes a lot more sense to think through what industries need workers in my area and how can I use this as an apprenticeship or training program for a career that is realistic and is waiting and needing workers in my area. One advancement is the return of Pell Grants for prisoners, which are a form of federal need-based financial aid. Beginning July 1, 2023, eligible students can access aid and earn a degree through college-in-prison programs. However, in some cases, even with an education or relevant work experience, a criminal record is an automatic disqualification. When some states Anybody with a felony conviction can't get a barber's license, can't get a cosmetician's license. During the wildfire season about how prisoners do a lot of the firefighting work in California, there's all these prison firefighting camps where prisoners do a lot of the work around fighting these wildfires. And yet there's a restriction against people with felony convictions working as firefighters. So here they're doing this extremely dangerous job that prepares them for a career that they are not allowed to have when they get out.
Schwarzoffel says that one silver lining is that she sees a greater number of Americans becoming more aware of the harmful effects of mass incarceration. As a result, some in business are taking steps to hire from this population. This can range from local independent businesses to large corporations like Kroger and J.P. Morgan, who are pulling from this pool of talent, especially right now amidst a nationwide labor shortage. We simply don't have enough workers to fill all the openings that are out there. So this does create an opportunity for employers to look beyond their traditional hiring, which is a very, very good thing. That's Jeffrey Korzenek, an economic researcher and author of Untapped Talent, How Second Chance Hiring Works for Your Business and the Community. Korzenek says that there are currently 19 million Americans with a felony conviction. For many within this group, a job offer is hard to come by. For all people who have exited prison, it's estimated that the unemployment rate is 27%, and that includes those who are still looking. Of course, there are others who have simply dropped out of the labor force that you'd add on to that 27% number. In the first year out of incarceration, the unemployment rate is thought to be north of 50%. This period of leaving prison and reintegrating back into society is crucial. Korzenich says that there are government agencies and nonprofits that help ex-prisoners with this transition. These entities also partner with employers looking to hire from this talent pool. The advantage that they have and companies have in partnering with nonprofits like this is those nonprofits have the ability to build longer-term relationship with potential employees and can essentially attest to job readiness and to character. So these are really important components of successful models for businesses. These nonprofits do really heavy lifting, some really important work, often helping people find housing, helping them with computer literacy, helping them with transportation, even clothing. So there's a whole mountain of obstacles that people typically have to climb coming out of prison before they can be work ready. The reality is that some who are formerly incarcerated are not yet fit to work or shouldn't be working in a certain role. Through his work, Korzenich has had many conversations with employers who voiced concerns about hiring ex-prisoners. The standard objections are all the same. It starts with, there are really three of them. It starts with the safety liability. Are they incurring what's called negligent hiring liability, where they take on extra risk if something goes wrong because they've hired someone with a criminal record? Then there's concern about the quality of the product. Does second chance mean second rate? And then finally, there's a reputation risk. And there are effective responses to each. Ultimately, it relies on employers not just opening their doors to people with criminal records, but doing it in a thoughtful way that has processes that selects who is appropriate for any given role and also gives them the tools to thrive. Some of these tools may mean extra mentorship or taking the time to help develop professional skills like communication and collaboration. Korzenich says that if more employers are going to access this talent pool, they need to be aware of some of the gaps that candidates may have. Another common mistake is blanket protocols on who exactly is hireable. Employers often fail to distinguish between someone who's just out of prison or someone who's been out for 20 years and is well-established. They tend to have blanket prohibitions on hiring people with criminal records, or even if they don't have actual prohibitions, will have a process that, in effect, excludes people with records from serious consideration. So someone who is 
20 years out or 10 years out or even five years out who's had stable employment, stable housing, stable transportation, that's really just another job candidate, doesn't need any special consideration, yet all too often employers exclude them as well. Stable employment plays a big role in prisoner rehabilitation. A candidate that's a good fit for the position and the company benefits both parties and can lead to a more well-rounded workplace. If the 21st century is when we finally realize that diversity of not just race, gender, you know, sexual orientation, but also viewpoints and life histories is what makes organizations strong and makes workplaces strong, then man, these folks have been through the ringer and they have seen so much and have so much to offer as far as, you know, wisdom and life experience. And I think more and more people are starting to recognize that. To find out more about this topic and our guests, Beth Schwartzoffel and Jeffrey Korzenich, visit viewpointsradio.org. You can learn about The Marshall Project by visiting themarshallproject.org. Also check Korzenich's book, Untapped Talent, now available online and in bookstores. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. I'm Gary Price. Coming up, understanding seasonal affective disorder when Viewpoints returns. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Dawn Power Wash Dish Spray. Why let those dishes pile up? Dawn Dish Spray cleans them super fast. Just spray right the rinse. Baby's taking a nap. Clean those bottles in a snap. Just spray right the rinse. Dawn Dish Spray, it's a spray for your dishes. Smoothie mess in a blender. Clean it easy, clean it fast. Just spray right the rinse. Dawn Power Wash Dish Spray. How's it work again? Just spray right the rinse. Deep breaths. Mai's virtual meditation studio has never been busier. Imagine not working. They need a remote assistant to realign their scheduling. Blank calendar. Sorry, back to your breath. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Who brought the sauce? I brought the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who brought the sauce? <gasps> Spill the sauce? Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up spills and messes quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand. Who brought the sauce? I brought the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who brought the sauce? Okay. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Holidays have come and gone. Winter has fully settled in. For many Americans in colder climates, this time of year with its shorter days and persistent grays can start to feel a bit grim. 
The winter blues are here, and sadly, they're here to stay for several more weeks. While some people don't seem to mind this change in seasons, for others, it can have a big impact on mental health. This shift is commonly referred to as seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression. It really looks a lot like regular depression, meaning someone may feel a sense of low motivation, maybe a little sadness and withdrawal. You might notice changes physically like feeling more fatigued or appetite changes. These things, if they're problematic in your life, might qualify for seasonal affective disorder or kind of put you into that category clinically. That's Dr. Carrie Ditzel, a clinical psychologist at Baker Street Behavioral Health based in New Jersey. Ditzel says that the term winter blues falls under the same umbrella as seasonal affective disorder, but is merely a milder version. Winter blues is something many people experience, and it's sort of the lesser version. It's maybe not as intense, and it doesn't cause you know, huge problems in your life, but it definitely takes a toll on us. And sometimes you don't even recognize that that's what's happening. We just feel a little blue, feel a little down during this time. Add on top of this the worsening pandemic with the emergence of the highly contagious Omicron variant. The worrisome headlines mixed with the gloomy weather can no doubt add to the sadness and stress that's already in the air. The impact of the pandemic is really affecting so many people. And I would say at our practice at Baker Street, we are seeing this really regularly in people that maybe otherwise would have coped and gotten through the winter months, maybe just had some winter blues, and that maybe not even noticed. But this year, because we are all under chronic stress, the pandemic causes chronic stress, and it's been here for a while. So again, our coping skills, the things that maybe we used to do to lift our moods and just to keep us going, maybe we still don't have access to. All of these compounding issues may make people more susceptible to developing seasonal affective disorder this year. The diagnosis is more common than you may think. In the U.S., Ditzel says that researchers estimate that around 10 million Americans struggle with seasonal affective disorder each year. And for the winter blues, this number is even higher, though it's a wide spectrum of severity. We all live on a spectrum. We all get a little down here and there. We might all get a little anxious here and there. That's the human experience. Looking at the general population, are there any factors that make people more likely to develop seasonal affective disorder than others? Ditzel says that location is, of course, a big influence. People living in the northern parts of the U.S. are outside less in the colder months and get less daylight. Another factor is past health history. If you have a predisposition to mental health issues, like you've already had an episode of depression in your life or you do struggle with depression, you may feel it exacerbate during this time of year. So if you're recognizing that you're feeling more sluggish, tired, unmotivated, or depressed, how can you start to turn things around? Ditzel says begin by paying more attention to your physical wellness and surrounding environment. So physically... Make sure, you know, you're moving, and I'm not saying you suddenly start some crazy fitness routine, but just make sure you're moving and not too sedentary. Sometimes in the winter, we're not as active. So making sure for whatever is right for you, you're physically taking care of yourself and eating well and doing those things. Sleep can also really be impacted during this time of year, especially with the time change. So having a good sleep environment, making sure you're 
bedroom is light during the day and dark at night helps giving yourself your mind those cues that it's time to sleep and being warm and inviting and having a sleep routine can be helpful. I also like to look at our environment and our home. I say lighten and brighten during this time of year where otherwise we might want to just kind of hole up and be in a little bit of a cozy hole. It can still be cozy, but the light and the brighten can help. So I also do a winter clean instead of a spring clean, and that kind of helps us mentally too, helps us feel good and accomplished and feel good when we look around our space. Another resource that's used to help treat seasonal affective disorder is light therapy. People who practice it typically take between 30 minutes and two hours in the mornings to sit, read, or work in front of a very bright specialized lamp that mimics natural outdoor daylight. Researchers believe that this added exposure to light releases brain chemicals that help with mood and sleep. Ditzel recommends checking in with your physician if you plan to add this form of therapy into your routine. The idea behind light therapy, I'll say, is to make up for the reduced light during this time of year and the physiological impact of that, because it does have some physiological impact on us. And it also can help cue your brain to being awake and alert a certain amount of the day. So it's definitely something that can be explored for somebody that really feels like they're struggling with that aspect of it. In addition to physical wellness, also take note of general thought patterns. How are you emotionally? Are you feeling burnt out or generally overwhelmed? Just being honest with our own self about how we're doing, maybe investing a little bit in this new year to think about our own emotional wellness and what our needs are. And with this year especially, we might be taking care of a lot of other people or other people's needs, making sure you're taking care of your own needs too. If you're consistently struggling, Ditzel says that speaking to a trained psychologist or psychiatrist can add in another layer of support and lead to some more answers. If you are noticing major changes in your physical health, major changes in your sleep, major changes in your appetite, if you're having trouble doing your daily activities, whatever they may be, if you're not getting up and keeping your routine, if you're maybe not going to work some days or school, those kinds of things are those outward signs that whatever might be going on inside with you is more impacting your life. And that would be the sign to you know, seek some professional help. To find out more about seasonal affective disorder and our guest, Dr. Carrie Ditzel, visit viewpointsradio.org. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri, studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Viewpoints returns in just a moment. Research shows that people remember radio ads with repetition. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's a repetitive ad. <clears throat> okay. Research shows that people remember radio ads with repetition. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's a repetitive ad. 
<sighs> Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Welcome to Culture Crash, where we examine what's new and old in entertainment. Last month, Spider-Man No Way Home blew its expectations out of the water, opening to a staggering $260 million in the U.S., good enough for third biggest domestic opening weekend of all time, despite the pandemic surging due to the Omicron variant. One secret to the movie's success? People love a crossover event. For example, I have to be honest, I'm not much of a Marvel fan. I haven't seen Black Widow yet, I haven't been watching Hawkeye, I could go on. And yet, I went to see No Way Home on opening day. Why? Not so much because I was dying to catch up with the MCU, but rather because I love Spider-Man. More specifically, I love the previous Spider-Man series, the ones starring Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. And no spoilers here, it was right in the trailers. No Way Home saw the return of many of those series' most iconic villains. The big headlines were that Willem Dafoe was back as Green Goblin, Alfred Molina was back as Doc Ock, and Jamie Foxx was back as Electro. There were even rumors that Maguire and or Garfield themselves may be returning as their versions of Peter Parker, but again, no spoilers here either way. Still, that excitement, the returning villains, the swirling rumors, they made No Way Home feel like a must-see opening weekend movie. The key, apparently, to my heart and countless others was to bring back reminders of previous universes we loved. It's a comic book special, the crossover event, and for me at least, it worked. I was thrilled to watch Defoe and company back in action once again, and it gave me an excuse to marathon some of my favorite movies. But even as someone who admittedly loved No Way Home, I can also see myself growing a little tired of that shtick. Already, Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton are set to reprise their roles as Batman in The Flash, and the success of No Way Home means I can see the previous series crossover stunts continuing to flourish. I'm just not sure that my dopamine hit will ever quite be the same if series do continue to use the same trick as No Way Home. However, this is Hollywood, so I'm sure they're going to try, for better or worse. I'm Evan Rook. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's Bacon or Sausage Egg and Cheese Biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Who brought the sauce? I brought the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who brought the sauce? <gasps> Spilled the sauce? Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up spills and messes quicker. 
and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand. Who brought the sauce? I brought the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who brought the sauce? Okay. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Everybody got their 